0: The Journey to Heaven, like Pilgrims. Pilgrims Progress, anybody know that storybook? Read it. Next to the Bible, it has tremendous power and illustration of what the Christian life is about. There's another book that is famous, but Not very well read, I believe. And that's the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. And you know, for years, I would skim Revelation. But in this last few months, even though I took a class in this in Bible college, this is an exercise that is a little bit difficult for an old man. but. We're trying, right? And we're working our way through this book. And it is really pointing us to the fact that it's not about crash and bang and boom and animals and beasts and dragons and this kind of thing. As we've learned over and over again, in every chapter, it's pointing to one who is called the Lamb. This book is the book about the Lamb. So when anybody ever asks you, what is the book of Revelation about? It's about the Lamb. Remember that. If there's nothing else you remember this morning, remember that. And that is the book that prepares us to really see Jesus Christ in his actual work and ministry to us the church the lamb and so we want to just set that pace for us and for you who haven't been with us we're in chapter 20 so you've got a lot of catch-up to do so because you're college age and your minds are bright and you can grab on any concept right got it Let the Lord lead us now to really get another glimpse of what this book is about. And for you who have sat here week after week patiently, patiently, patiently saying, well, Ron is, he's good, but he's he's not that good. And this would be the Holy Spirit speaking to you From these words father we just ask you to open our eyes our minds and allow us to see wonderful things out of your word we thank you that you wrote this to us especially to us for the latter days and we're sensing it there's something in the air And it's about you, Jesus, the Lamb. Anoint your word now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The revelation of Jesus Christ, and this is the millennial reign of Christ in Revelation chapter 20. I'm going to handle this a little bit differently than what we've done before. Rather than reading the passage ahead of time, we're going to take it as it is, just like we were opening up our Bibles in our devotion time, or our Bible reading time, and just take it as it is and let the Lord speak to us as we go through this 15 verses. Every week we read this. This is a promise given in Revelation for those who will read this book. And we say it together just to reinforce this in our minds and our hearts. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. For the time is near. The thousand-year reign, that's what millennial means. The millennial reign, Satan is seized and bound. Saints reign with Christ. Exciting. Satan is judged. The great white throne judgment. Fearful, but mistaken sometimes, this statement. There's no place to hide. Two books are opened. The dead are judged. The dead. And then we've got some questions at the end. Verses 1 to 3. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the keys of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. We've seen a lot of angels in the book of Revelation. And this one, I would probably be guessing, is a special angel. But you know what? And I got this out of one commentary I was reading. This angel really is not a special angel. In fact, he, and by the way, all the angels in the Bible are he, not she, with long blonde hair and wings. No, that's not the right concept of an angel. They're men, real men. (laughs) Not in human words, but they are heavenly beings. And, you know, Hebrews, which we studied several months ago, the angels are powerful. But, you know, Jesus Christ was better than the angels, and so are we as human beings. Do you realize the privilege that that is for us as created in Christ Jesus? And we just kind of flaunt it, or we just kind of ignore it and think, no, I'm not an angel. But this angel is very special. He has the key of the abyss or of hell. And he has a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon. Who is this dragon? It's been described over and over again for us. The serpent of old. The one who tempted our first parents who is called the devil and Satan and he bound him for a thousand years with that great chain why 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 didn't God send Jesus Christ with the keys because Jesus said I have the keys of death and hell why didn't Jesus Jesus handed this to an insignificant an angel Why? Why do you think, come on, let's think about this. Who is Jesus? He should have. Jesus had already conquered. He was already victor. I believe, and I don't even know who, I read this because I was reading so much stuff this past couple of weeks on this chapter, and so I should give credit. But the thought was written that I read Satan isn't worth it. He does not measure up to Jesus Christ. Satan is not worth it. He's already been defeated. Just think about that. We fear him. And rightly so as human beings. But in Christ Jesus, no. No. We can't flaunt that, we can't stand in pride and say, in the name of Jesus come out. No, I do not believe in that kind of response to Satan. You don't have to shout, you don't have to shout at demons. I don't think any of the New Testament saints in casting out demons shouted. Anybody correct me? In the name of Jesus, come out. In the name of Jesus, be gone. That's all it takes. It doesn't take our human disgust or our human anger or wrath. Like we said a few weeks ago, the wrath of man does not accomplish the purposes of God. And you can just quietly say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's a key. And he threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time. There's something going on here that one more proof of God's victory and honor that are at stake with what is being said here. Satan must be released for a short time. And I haven't got the answer yet as to why a short time and what this had to do, but it had to be for a period of time. And it says here, a short time, he had to be released. But praise the Lord, there is hope when Satan has been taken away for that special time. We'll get to that the saints reign with christ and then i saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was given to them not judgment coming to them but was given to them to judge and i saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of jesus and because of the word of god and those who had not worshiped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead were on their hand and they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Thrones, how many thrones? Well, again, the commentaries confused me, but the number of thrones is not so significant as it is that there is judgment that is coming. But let's look at the the souls of those who had been beheaded. Because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the Word of God, and who had not worshiped the beast or his image, and had not received the mark on their forehead or on their hand, and they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. That list is significant for who these are who are sitting on those thrones. We talked last week or the week before about the age in which we're living right now. Those of you who are hearing this, are visitors today, I believe that we are very close to the end times. Now, we talked about this also. Some of you think, like I did when I was your age in college, Lord, please don't come before I, I get married. <laughs> Confess to me. <laughs> Have you had that thought? I won't look at anybody. But, but you know, there's a marriage that's coming that's greater than whatever he or she could give us. And that marriage is forever. For us old guys, That is comforting. I have a very good marriage, but I'm getting a better one. (laughs) (laughs) It's Jesus Christ and my relationship with him will be so close and so fulfilling because then I won't be the old guy. I will be vibrant and strong and be able to run and run and run. That is our hope for each one of us. When we see Jesus, such a lovely name, such a lovely person, such an incredible, incredible savior. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Who were these people? Some people believe that it was Israel, believers, believing Jews. Some believe it was those who were persecuted and gave their lives for Jesus in this life. I don't know who they are, but they are a tremendous band of people. And they're given the honor to sit on a throne and to judge. In Matthew 19:28, Jesus said, Truly I say to you that you have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne. You also shall sit upon twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Well, that's getting pretty specific. Saints reigning with Christ. The rest of the dead did not come to life until a thousand years were completed. So some people take it that Israel, the believing Israel will reign during that thousand year time. But there's other things that intimate that it's not just Israel alone, that there are believers that will be risen and ruling during that time. This is the first resurrection blessed and holy is the one who has part in the first resurrection over these the second death has no power but they will be priests of god and of christ and will reign with him for a thousand years and that sounds very familiar john five twenty-eight and 29 jesus says do not marvel at this for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come forth those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life, those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. So there's two resurrections here. And as we progress through here, we're going to see that there is the word the dead and the dead, same words, but it is in regards, to two separate type of people. Let's read on. Satan is judged. When the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations, which are in the four corners of the earth. So during this thousand year reign of Christ on the earth and those who will be reigning with him Satan will then be given another chance. I don't think it's another chance. But what it is, is to bring clearly into our understanding of the extent of God's plan and of his power and his control. You know, God did not create the worlds and the heavens and placing Adam and Eve there. And through that, God's plan got foiled. I don't believe that. Otherwise, God is not God. So in this, looking at it, the purpose and intent of the Godhead is to reveal to us, cognizant man, who the Godhead really is. Because if you have a God that is supreme and over all, then it's kind of like, duh, what else is there? But in order to be able to really understand the depths of love, the depths of the nature and person of Jesus Christ and His Father, God, we have to understand the extent that goes. Do you understand? Are you getting this? Am I confusing you or is it? It is hard to grasp that. But God laid it all out for us to take a look at and for all of mankind to see the nature of who he is. And as a kid, I thought, how did God make a mistake? by making an angel named Lucifer and letting him go, unleashed. Is he God? I had those questions when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. There's only one way to look at that. And that is to know that God knew from the very beginning what he was doing. He wasn't setting us up as human beings to fall to sin to think wicked thoughts, to risk eternal life. He didn't do it to test us, but to prove his integrity of who he is, that he was God alone and there is no one else. I think that's what it's about. And so as we, probably a good number of us in this room, are facing some things that will put God to the test in our own lives, and our faith. Especially you young people. I want to encourage you, not to frighten you. But this is a time when you really need to press in to know what you have of the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. And we older ones will sit back and watch you. Maybe that's the reason why you're called millennials, (laughs) because you're gonna be part of it. It might seem, if you look at the news, wow, this generation is rotting. No, there are people who, like yourselves, who are there for a reason and a purpose. And it's not for your own selfish motive. I need a degree. I need to be a PhD. No. It's because of the witness and testimony of Jesus Christ. And God the Father. Gog and Magog, to gather them together for the war, the number of them is like the sand of the seashore. And Gog and Magog is something that Ezekiel spoke about we think it might be Russia it could be Iran it could be some other entity we don't know it's kind of a catchy little name Gog and Magog but it also has a threatening tone to it and they came up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city this is going to come to place Jerusalem I'm a millennial a pre-millennial I can recall people being excited about Jerusalem being recognized as a city as a people Israel and I didn't know what it was about I wasn't even a Christian at that time but It was significant, and it's significant today. If you look at the scope of the world, China has built an incredible nation, so much so that the rest of the world is trembling. Financially, it's trembling. Russia has diminished its power. Japan is on the wane. We were here when the crash came and businessmen were jumping out of office buildings. And ever since, suicide has been on the rise in this nation. This is a great nation and a great people, but less than half of 1% are believers in this nation. That's why it's so important for us when we're rubbing shoulders with the Japanese to be concerned with their souls. Be a testimony, guys, of who Jesus Christ is. Be a shining light in your visit here. And they surrounded the camp of the saints. This is uh, Armageddon. The word in all wars. The fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also, which we read in the other previous chapters. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. How long is that? How long? Forever and ever. How long is that? For eternity. For eternity the great white throne judgment. When I used to read this, when I was in high school and even college, I used to have shudders. Oh, oh, that's fearful, the great white throne. It's fearful because I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it and from whose presence earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them. What does that mean? Earth and heaven fled away. What would happen right now if earth just all of a sudden was not here? But we are. Heaven and earth fled away. It means there is no place to hide. You know, if heaven and earth fled away, I can't even hide. That's what it means. No place was found for them. Jesus said in Matthew 13, 41-42, The Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness and will throw them into the furnace of fire. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Revelation isn't so bad. Jesus' words sound terrifying. Two books are opened. And I saw the dead. Here's where we talk about the dead. We got to get this straight. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. The throne. Not thrones. The throne. And the books were opened. Books, books. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things that were written in the books according to their deeds. God is keeping a record. For sure, we all are in one book or the other. And you can make a choice this morning which book your name is in. By believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, seeing that He has paid the price for your sin and allowed you to be justified, standing holy before Him, the God who sees all and knows all. That is your opportunity, our opportunity, if you haven't had that experience Matthew 25, 31, 32. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. Before him, all the nations will be gathered. That's what Jesus said. Interesting. The Son of Man. What do the devils cringe at and they cannot say? Oh, this is the Son of the Most High God. They can say that, but they dare not say He's the Son of Man. Why? Because He overcame sin and death and hell for me and for you as a man to set us free from the clutches the enemy and they fear the son of man because he overcame them as a man and like I've said many many times in Jesus temptation in the wilderness he did not pull out his God card and show it to Satan he withstood him as a man like you and I he was 100% man 100% God, but it was his manhood that he came, born as a baby, walked on earth facing all temptations that we face, and yet without sin, the perfect Lamb of God, the perfect, perfect sacrifice for our sins. That's the gospel, folks. That's why we worship him. That's why we're so taken up with Jesus, the Lamb of God. Before him, all the nations will be gathered. And he's the righteous judge. And his wrath will be on those who do not know him. And he will separate them one from another. As a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. Are you a sheep or are you a goat? The dead are judged. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death, and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Who are the dead? The dead are the real dead. Do you know what I mean by that? Those that have died in Christ, we're alive. Sting of death is taken away. We're alive in Christ. More alive than we've been here on earth. They are judged, and every one of them, according to their deeds. So it's not arbitrary. Well, no, you're a goat. No, you're a sheep. Goat, goat goat, goat, sheep. No, it's not arbitrary. It's based on your reception of Jesus Christ, the perfect substitute for you and me. Hurrying along in the last minute. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them according to their deeds, Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. Death, where's your sting? It's going to be taken away. With Jesus Christ, we have eternal life. Death has been done away with. Hades, another word for hell or or death. And we will be left standing. If anyone's name was not found, written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Is your name in the book of life? Mm -hmm. Do you know it? Is that an assurance you have? Mm -hmm. Knowing Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God is all that's needed. Mm -hmm. Confessing him, trusting in, is perfect, perfect salvation for us. Here's a couple of questions, particularly for those of you who have not made that confession. What is the meaning of this? It's time for you to say, Jesus, I come to you recognizing that you have died on the cross for my sins. I need you. I need your cleansing. I need your forgiveness. Thank you for your sacrifice. What hope do we have? Here it is. Romans one twenty. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. And those of you who would ask the question, what about somebody that's never, ever heard the name of Jesus? Are they going to hell? Yes, they are. Because they have had opportunity. I believe as a missionary, I believe everyone in the world has an opportunity and has been given light for one step, for another step and another step toward the light of the world. And in our obedience as missionaries, Because that's what we all are. We have an opportunity to give them another dozen steps forward. That's what Roger and Heather are doing in the park next door. Giving a nine-year-old boy an opportunity to receive Jesus as Savior. But the story is so simple. Heather, that's such a simple story but it is so dynamic in terms of its repercussions, of the results of it. I like this passage. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Philippians 3, 1 to 21. To write the same things again is no trouble to me. It is a safeguard for you. Beware of the false works and deeds that italics i took the custom of the jews and just put works and deeds in there for we are the true works and deeds who worship in the spirit of god and glory in christ jesus and put no confidence in the flesh but whatsoever things were gained to me those i have counted as loss for the sake of christ More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish. What is really important is that you know Jesus Christ and that he is your master and he will use you, not abuse you. Though Paul says, for whom... I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish. Don't count these things that you have as valuable but as if it was rubbish so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is our faith in Christ alone.